welcome to season two of I Hope I Get It. I'm Karen Stain, and I cannot believe that we are already in season two. I am so grateful to all of you for, for all the support. I hope that these conversations will continue to entertain and inspire you all. This week, we also have our very first episode sponsor. What, what? Uh, this episode is sponsored by Mighty Inski Letters. Mighty Inski Letters is a woman-owned hand lettering business specializing in weddings and home decor. You can find them on social media, Facebook and Instagram, at Mighty Inski Letters, and on the website, www.mightyinskiletters.com. For listeners of I Hope I Get It, the podcast, if you purchase anything from the Mighty Insky Letters Etsy store and you use the code THANKYOU2021, you will get 15% off. And I can vouch for their products. Christina, who owns the company, makes the most amazing things. There's candles and mugs and Christmas ornaments, doormats and shopping bags, really, really, really beautiful stuff. So please, I'm all for supporting small businesses. So please go and follow Mighty Inski Letters and please support them if you can. This week, I am joined as a guest by Emily Croft, who is an actor and a singer living in New York City. She has spent five years working for Disney Cruise Line. She was on the road with the 10th anniversary national tour of Rock of Ages and has done countless workshops and concerts in New York City, including We Have Apples. And she's been part of the An Evening With series at the Green Room 42. So I hope that you will enjoy this conversation with Emily. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. And if you will rate us and review us, that would be so swell. Thank you so much. Please enjoy. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Uh, yeah, this is actually my first ever podcast. Like no one's ever asked me to be on a podcast before. So I'm pretty excited. Oh, well, I'm so glad to be your first podcast. So uh, you and I met when you were working for, when you were a performer with Disney Cruise Line, when you were working on the Disney Dream. Tell me about the first time, because I know you were yeah. with Disney for five years. Uh, the first time that you about, auditioned yeah. for Disney Cruise Line. What was that first Disney Cruise Line audition like for you? Well, I actually auditioned, I think I counted it to about six times for Disney before I was able to do my first contract. Um, Ron LaRosa, he used to be like the head of casting at for the Cruise Line. I think he's since um, moved on to different things, but he came to my school uh, when I was at University at Buffalo my senior year and did a master class with us and I sang for him and he for my friend who was sitting next to him told me that he wrote uh Ensign Benson on my resume when he was watching the me perform in the class and you know after that and meeting him I followed up on LinkedIn and was like hey so great to meet you and he messaged me back. It was very nice. And he was like, definitely, you're on my radar. Like, so happy to have met you. I'll see you in the city. And over the summer before I moved to New York, oh, oh, no, no. That June, I just went to New York for a couple auditions and saw him 
um, and auditioned for Ensign Benson and didn't work out that time. Later that summer, they asked me to send in videos. Again, didn't work out. Um, and then when I got in the fall, when I actually moved to New York, I moved there in August of 2012. And um, I auditioned for them again. And at that point, it was kind of getting to like, why am I not booking this? Um, and I, I spoke with another one of the casting directors and she, she was like, basically you need to build your confidence. You know, I was, I was very green. I was fresh out of college. Um, I didn't exactly have a great time in college. Um, and so I was definitely, I had some work to do on myself. Um, but I guess I'll fast forward to when I actually did book it. Mm -hmm. Um, it was the next June and I had just previous, I had gotten a, an audition for Les Mis, the revival on Broadway. Okay. So obviously I was so excited for that. And then after that, an appointment came in after I got that appointment, another appointment came in for cruise line. To which I, at that point I was frustrated and, but also excited for the Les Mis call. So it was, it wasn't, like, at the top of my list. I wasn't totally, like, dying over it, you know? I was just like, I'm just going to go in there. Who cares? Like, I've been in for these people a million times. So I'm just going to go in and... But I have this other thing that I really want to concentrate on. So it's, it's really not a big deal. Yeah. And I went in and I gave my best audition for them. Like... Because I finally didn't care, you know? I had other things on my plate. Um, and I remember seeing their faces after they were done. They are like, Emily, great job. Like, thank you. And they gave me the yellow paper, which I know you've heard about before, <laughs> um, which I had gotten a couple times, but I had just never ended up getting the call. Um, but they gave me the yellow paper, and I was like, great, see ya. Went to my Les Mis audition the next day. I think we can all guess how that worked out. I didn't book it. <laughs> um, but a couple weeks later, Jen Mahoney called me um, at like 10 in the morning and um, told me that I booked it. And I was like, oh my God, finally. And she was so sweet because she was also like, she was like, I was telling my husband last night that I was so excited to be able to call you and tell you you finally got it. Um, and so it was just like a really nice moment and it was just about a year to the day that I had originally auditioned for them. So I was just like, oh, finally. And, uh, yeah, then the next September I started rehearsals for The Wonder, Wonder 28. The Wonder, right? So that was your first, um, yeah. your first ship that you worked on. And I mm -hmm. guess, like, and I know that you worked on more than one ship because you were on the magic right and you were on the dream as well mm -hmm. yes so so that that's that's it that's I have the only one I haven't done is the fantasy okay so my question is did you have to re-audition when you were going um to the other ships or because they knew they knew you and they knew your abilities you know you kind of got a call and said hey Emily we have a track for you on the magic um how did that work for you so between my first and second contracts, I very much knew that I wanted to go back. Okay. Um, and I let them know that via email. 
Uh-huh. And I didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything. And I just, I, um, I just like wasn't, yeah, I wasn't getting called. So I ended up going to, it was actually, this was like a very New York moment for me. Um, I just got to a point where I was like, I don't know if they're going to call me. And there was a, one of the open calls and a friend of mine called it called me and was like, Hey, I'm at the Disney call. Like, I, are you not coming? And I was, you know, I was working at a restaurant and I was exhausted and I was like, I just couldn't do it today. Yeah. Um, but I ended up dragging myself out of bed and going in the afternoon. I went, um, cause they had a guy's call in the afternoon. Um, mm-hmm. and so I went and went up to the monitor and was like, hi, I wasn't able to come this morning. Um, but just wondering if, if you guys have time, if I'd be able to be seen and, She's like, no, they're, they're pretty like set on just seeing guys this afternoon. So I was like, all right, I tried <laughs> and um, half tried because I could have gotten up in the morning, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was walking out and I ran into a girl that I crossed over with and uh-huh. was standing there chatting with her. My, sorry, this, you asked me a very basic question. It's turning into a very no, long story. No, it's good. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> my my voice teacher Laura she's one of the main pianists that they've had do the Disney auditions for a long time she walked out and she was walking down the hall and I was like hi she's like hey are you are you here to audition are you are they seeing you today and I was like no I just tried to go in and they said they're only seeing guys this afternoon and she was mm-hmm. like oh my gosh come with me and we walked down and she like opened the door and Ray Deshera uh, the casting director was in there. And I was like, hi, Ray. He was like, oh my gosh, Emily, hi. And um, we just chatted. And I was like, yeah, I was trying to get seen, but um, it turns out it's not going to work out today. And he was like, oh, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to be Rapunzel on the dream. And he was like, okay, great. Do you have your headshot with you? And I handed him a headshot and he just put it in the final uh the final pile what I assumed was the final pile um it's very hard to say final pile (laughs) um and he was like great uh we'll see we'll see what we can do and a couple weeks later I he gave me a call um and I should add I had actually auditioned for them again in the middle there for the original Tangled cast and that didn't work out um so this was me this is a second attempt at um auditioning again for them um and then in between the dream and the magic i did get an offer for dream 12 uh, a couple weeks after i got off of the ship originally i knew that i did want to do elsa and the next available contract for that was going to be the magic uh mm-hmm. with her the feature in dreams yeah um so i wanted to do that uh, so I let them know that. And I did end up going to the audition actually, um, or I got an appointment for it. No, I did go to the open call. Um, you know, it's just kind of a, cause sometimes like you, e- you can email them and say, Hey, like I'd love an appointment, but they also want to see new people and yeah. it's just not guaranteed that you're going to get an appointment. And I actually did not get an appointment. So I, um, just went ahead and went to the open call. They gave me a callback for 
like the next day with the Elsa mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And then a couple weeks later, I got called to do the magic. I'm so glad that you got to do those roles. And I know that you loved doing Rapunzel as well. And then I, I know on the dream, you got to do Mary Poppins. I did actually. And it was kind of, it was very much by fluke because I was not the primary Mary Poppins, mm-hmm. nor was I the understudy Mary Poppins. Oh, okay. Um, so during crossover, uh, the girls that were the primary and understudy for Mary, mm-hmm. they both sadly lost uh, people uh, close to them within, I, I think, within a day of each other. Oh, wow. Okay. And so they had to go home for the, um, to be with their families for mm-hmm. a few days. Um, but that was going to lead into our opening week. And so my original track in Believe, I literally did not come on stage until the dig number, until the Princess and the Frog yeah, number. Yeah. So I was literally just backstage. Like I, I did a couple uh, like background singing things. But uh-huh. other than that, I was just sitting back there in my clam bake outfit (laughs) and um so the directors came up and they're like hey so you're gonna learn Mary Poppins and you have to learn the number and how to fly and you have a costume fitting in the next day and I was like okay (laughs) um so I did that and it was a dream come true. I mean, you you know yes. my obsession with Julie Andrews. Yes, I know and very well. <laughs> Mary Poppins. <laughs> Mary Poppins. That's like that's the reason I do Mary or Mary. Uh, that's the reason I do music theater. Um, and my my whole family would tell you uh, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I would go around singing my my full name's Emily Elizabeth. And I would go around our cottage singing, Emily Elizabeth, step in time, Emily Elizabeth, step in time, <laughs> and make everybody sing it with me. So it was really uh, very exciting <laughs> for me to be doing that role. Um, I love that. Yeah. I love that story. Yeah, I, I only I, got to do it a couple times, but I loved it. Yeah. And I think I, I think I, when, I think you sent me, you told me but that, that, but you were doing Mary. And I think I, I was like, I'm so glad that you get to do it because I know that your love for Julie Andrews is so fierce and forever. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like, I, I have a plan after that. I know I shouldn't say I have a plan. I, there's no plan. I just know <laughs> that I need to meet her when this is done. Like when this pandemic is over, I need to figure out well, my friend, how I can meet Julie we, Andrews we, and just gonna, let her gonna, know how much I love her. Yeah, we, we're going to manifest that for you. We're going to figure out. Thank you. Out, put it in the universe. Out, out there now. Yes. So now it must happen because it's out there. It has to happen. It has to happen. Um, I know that you were doing or that you were part of the national tour for Rock of Ages. Yes. Tell me about that audition process for you I saw the show just before it closed on Broadway and oh amazing it was so it truly it really was like just going to like a a party it was so good it was crazy to see it on Broadway because I don't think I'd ever been to a show like that before at least not like a 
jukebox musical to that level yes. because I I consider myself a very respectful theater goer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you go to Rock of Ages, they're handing out shot. I mean, not handing out. They're selling shots. Yeah, like it, you it's, are it's like you're going to like it's a, a rock concert. Exactly, it's so much fun. And I didn't get it until like the second act. I was like, why are all these people singing along? <laughs> I was so annoyed. But then once you, like intermission happened, I was like, it's because like these people are not your normal, like yeah. going to see Sound of Music on right, right. like a Saturday night. Like they no. are they're, in love with this music. They yeah. don't care about the plot. Yeah, they're there um, solely because they're going to like a concert. Exactly. And I, I was born in 1990. So, and my parents were born in the fifties. So they like, they totally missed the eighties rock situation. Like that just like, wasn't on our radar. Of course, like there's songs that, you know, but like, it just like, wasn't a world that I same with me, the same knew of. So I was just like, okay. My parents are very much um, Um, R&B, Motown, uh, mm. music listeners and so I didn't grow up with like rock and roll in the house I absolutely rock and roll came into my life yeah almost you know by accident you know I heard a song on a radio which turned me onto a band which turns you you know me onto the yes. genre so it's like one of those things mm-hmm. yeah I my parents were literally the same like my mom could see Jersey Boys every weekend and oh. be a happy camper but they saw I think they saw my tour they were very kind and they came like <laughs> three or four times, I think when it was, cause we did a lot of upstate New York um, areas and I'm from the Finger Lakes region of upstate yeah. New York. Um, and <laughs> they were very kind. And even Josh too, like, they're like, it was fun. You could <laughs> tell that it was not anything that they were like super crazy about. Uh, but the audition process for that was actually, it was kind of similar to the Disney one that I just told you about. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense where I literally went into it, like, no, not a care in the world. Um, yeah. I, I had gotten an appointment for it, but I was going to be out of town to go, because at the time, uh, my husband, Josh, is Canadian, um, mm-hmm. and he, I know you know that, I'm just uh, letting our <laughs> listeners know, um, but he, <laughs> We were doing long distance at the time, so I was out of town going to see him. Um, so I was like, oh, sorry, can't come because I'm not here. And no big deal, forgot about it. A couple weeks later, my agent sent me another appointment for it that they were still looking for people for uh, Sherry and Regina. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be the day after I did a, I was a, what is it, offstage singer for Broadway Backwards concert. Okay. which uh, benefits the BCEFA. Um, and it's something that they they do every year. Um, and I was uh, going to be an offstage singer for it. So literally I had rehearsals for that all that weekend and didn't really have time to look over the sides or anything. Yeah. Um, I did as much as I could, but, you know, um, I, I had another priority for something that I was doing. Yeah. Um, so I, I did my best and, um, I went to the audition that next day and it was literally, I was like, Hey, I'm just, I'm going to have to go in. I'm going to have to read off the sides. And I walked in and it was a long table. This is my initial appointment. It mm-hmm. was like 
there's like 10 people sitting at this table. Oh. I and I walked in and first thing I said, I was like, oh, that's a lot of people, <laughs> which, you know, I like you walk into auditions and sometimes we just like say you're so nervous. You're just yeah. kind of like, blah, blah, blah. yeah. Um, and to my surprise, they all like laughed and they were super cool and grateful that I was coming in. And I just had a great time. And I mean, that music sits pretty well in my voice. So I was able mm-hmm. to just like, like do the thing and had, I just had fun with it. And I was going on a contract the next couple of days. So I wasn't, I was able to come in and dance for them, but I wasn't able to come in for the final callback day. So they uh, just had me send in a video from where I was. Uh, I was actually doing contract in Disney world for like a couple of weeks. So I just sent them a tape of myself doing the material they asked. And then a couple of days later, they called me with an offer and it was great. Fantastic. You know, I love how you, um, that you said that, because you said the same thing with the Disney audition because of the um, Les Mis uh, audition that you were preparing for, that you kind of went in there and you just had fun. And I think that is the best way to audition. So, you know, we, Absolutely. We, we, we completely twist ourselves into these little tiny pretzel knots because we're so nervous and we're so anxious. And um, I mean, we're always going to be nervous and anxious, but I think if you just keep in the back of your mind that you're just to have fun and to not put so much pressure on yourself, I think that's when we give our best auditions. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's, it sucks because like, so like you, you don't want to walk in and be like, I'm an unprepared person because you like, you want them to want to be able to see that you are trustworthy. You are, you take this seriously and everything. And there's just like such a, it's like a math problem as to how much you need to care and prepare and be that person, but also at the same time, don't care and just be carefree and fun and just do what's in the moment. It's, yeah, it's it's so hard to like find that balance. And I, I mean, I've only been lucky enough to find it a couple times. (laughs) So still working on it. No. And I think it's something that will, I mean, that will constantly be working on. I think it gets easier the more uh, you Mm -hmm. audition, but I mean, it'll always be there Mm -hmm. that, what what for you has been the best audition that you've had whether you got the job or not what was the best um experience you've had in 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 an audition room i want to say it it was probably that rock of ages audition Mm -hmm. like I had, I, that, just that initial call, I had so much fun just like going in there and singing that music and like you, you can feel when the people behind the table think you're doing a good job and yeah. they, at least they didn't hide that they thought I was doing a good job. Maybe some people are good at that, yeah. but they seemed genuinely like happy with the work that I was doing and yeah. I was on the other side just having a blast, just being a weirdo. And it was just like, it was such a good feeling to be in there 
know that I was doing a good job and be able to walk out and be like, I like, that's okay. Like if I didn't book it, that was just a great experience. Yeah. Um, but I did book it. So it mm-hmm. was double great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, what, so now, we, so, you know, you mentioned the best audition. What for you has been the worst audition that you've been to? Um, you know, where everything just I, went wrong for you in the room. Oh, for sure. That was actually one of my Disney auditions. Um, before, before my first contract, mm-hmm. I, I had a callback. Um, actually it was, it was for the role of Mary Poppins. Um, but I had a callback for it and I got there and I had forgotten that sometimes they make you do a dance, like they, they have a, a small movers combination, um, but it does have like a Batma in it, I, if I remember correctly. For some, for whatever reason, I was like, oh my gosh, they might make me dance. And I didn't wear, it was so silly and this is embarrassing, but I didn't wear like Spanx or tights under my dress. Um, like I was just <laughs> going for it, I guess. Um, but I asked a girl, you know, I at least wanted to have tights on in case my skirt like flew up a little bit yeah and I so I asked a girl next to me I was like do you have any extra tights and she um she did so she handed them to me and I like I was about to go in like they it was seconds before I knew that they were going to come out and call my name and so I just like looked both ways went to pull up the tights and literally as I pulled them up and you like anyone who was looking at me would have seen my underwear (laughs) and of course Ray Deshera walks out of the room to call my name and went, oh my gosh. And because like he saw me pulling up my tights yeah. and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and it was, I was so embarrassed. And of course I had to walk into the room. He told everybody at the table what had just happened. And they're all just, they're like laughing. Like it was funny. But then it also absolutely threw me off. And like, I had, I had my hair up in a bun to, like, you know, look like a nanny and stuff, and it started to fall out, and I just couldn't, I couldn't get myself together, and it was the worst feeling ever. Uh, obviously didn't end up, I, I didn't book it that time, but uh, in the in the long run, it ended up not being a problem, but... In that moment, I I would have buried myself under Pearl Studios if I could have. <laughs> well, at least you can laugh about it now, though, right? Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure if I brought that up to Ray, like, he would think it was hysterical. Um, but actually, well, in my when I went in and auditioned to, for that open call for The Magic, um, Jen Mahoney, who is no longer casting director for them, but um, she was, she still was at the time. She said after I sang, she was like, "Emily, it's really been amazing to watch you grow these past years. Like, you are just right now in front of me. You are so put together, and you are confident. You know what you're doing. And I just, I think back to like an audition you had where, like, you know, your your hair fell out and you were so flustered and, um just you've she was like she was definitely giving me a compliment and um 
it was really nice to hear her say that. But of course, the memory of it, I was like, oh, you remember that? Awesome. Um, but she was, she was very kind and was like, you've grown so much from that day. And I was like, I hope so. Thank you. That is such a, um, a kind uh, thing for, for her to do. Do you know what I mean? It's, we don't often get that kind of feedback, you know, because sometimes you do see the same people over and over. And it's so nice when they can notice the growth that you have and the confidence that you've gained, you know, just from going to various auditions. Absolutely. And I, I totally understand, like, I know, like these casting directors, they, there's this, this, what is it? This industry is mm -hmm. so oversaturated, like, the, and they are just trying to see everybody that they can, yeah. like, as fast as possible. Like, I get it. Not everybody's going to stop and let you know that you're doing a good job and they shouldn't have to. Um, yeah. But in the chance that they do, it really is just the nicest feeling. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. 100%. Um, you know, thinking about or listening to you speak about this audition, have you ever had an, an audition that was as bad as that where, but then you ended up actually getting the job and you, you know, you're, and you kind of go, were you in the room? Are, are you sure? Me? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have not booked a job where I was not happy with the audition. I have gotten callbacks for it. I did, I, I went in for the Kinky Boots tour once and um, I went in and number one, like I wore, I thought, you know, Kinky Boots, I'm going to wear cute shoes. But it was also for the role of uh, Lauren, the Anna Lee Ashford role, who's a little bit more grounded. And so like first off the bat, he was like, um, I just want to let you know, like, if you come in again, maybe wear sneakers. Um, like she's not so much a heels person. I was like, great. <laughs> um, and then as he, I performed and as he gave me notes, I just kept saying, I, I hate myself. I literally just kept going fierce, fierce. Okay. Fierce. Like, and by the fifth time I was like, Emily, stop it. I don't know why the word fierce just kept falling out of my mouth. Um, and it just like wasn't the best audition either. So I was very surprised that evening that I got an email with a callback. Um, I did not end up booking it, but that's, that's about the closest I would say that uh, would answer your question. Well, you know, again, you can laugh about it now. Exactly. And and actually that casting director has come to my bar before and I told him about how I still think about that. And luckily he doesn't even remember, but he, we did have a good laugh about it afterwards. Ain't that always the way, you know, the one thing that'll bother you that mm -hmm. you did 3000 years ago, the, the other person who was, you know, in the environment when it happened, doesn't have any recollection mm -hmm. of it. But we wake up at 3 a.m. and go, oh my gosh, remember that time when I did that? <laughs> Yes, exactly. Like it, it always happens to me in the shower. I'm just, yeah. I'm there, I'm washing my hair and I'm like, Emily, remember that time that you were an idiot? <laughs> Man, you know, if I had a dollar for every time that happened to me, wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I know that you have done a lot of workshops for new work, um, which is so great because we always welcome new work and new stories and new voices within the theater community. Um, 
How did you get involved with that? Is that was that an audition process you had to go through, or did you know someone who was involved with the project? Uh, yeah, it's been different every time. Um, the uh, most of them, it's more, it's like word of mouth. It's like, uh -huh. hey, I have this friend who uh, needs this one other person to do this, or we need this one other voice part. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've been very lucky to be able to like fill in on recordings for people and um, go to just like table reads um, for people so they can hear their things. That's been mostly um, like word of mouth, friend of a friend sort of thing. Um, but other than that, anything else that I've done has been, uh, by audition and usually like by like an appointment through my yeah, agent, right. um, not so much, uh, like favors or friends or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, speaking about auditions, what is your audition prep routine? I mean, do you have a routine, uh, how do you prepare for an audition? Of course, every audition is different depending on whatever the material of the project is. Of course, yeah. Um, usually for open calls uh, or EPAs, you know, I'm, yeah. I try to get there early yes. um, so I can chill out for a second. Mm -hmm. um, but usually it's like really just trying to find the song in my book that I really think is going to... Um, best suit the material um I really I really believe that like as far as vocals go your if your body isn't warm then yes. your voice is definitely not going to be warm even if you're over there doing lip trills for an hour so yeah. I very much try to do a stretch routine um I try to move my body a little bit like jump a lot of jumping up and down and sorts of things like that um yeah I'm probably pretty annoying to sit next to if you're next to me in an audition room um but very much just try to like be warm all around um I try to be vocally warmed up mm -hmm. before I even get there you know yeah. I think it's very frustrating for people because you don't you don't know what everybody's prep is and if someone is in the audition room which I think is really most monitors would tell you not to do it. Um, yeah. But if you're in an audition room and somebody like a couple seats down is like, <laughs> like you yeah. want them to jump out the window. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I very much just, once you're there, there's really not a ton you can do that's going to change how your audition is going to go. So I just try to be as warm and prepared as I can. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that would go for appointments as well. It's I I try to know the material as best I can, but at yes. the end of the day, like this is an audition room, this is a working space, mm -hmm. and if somebody's gonna if somebody's gonna be mad at me for not being totally off book um, in my initial audition, then I probably didn't want to work with them anyways. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I I yeah. Now that you, I never actually thought about that, but yeah. Now that you say it, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think the same goes in, like, a rehearsal room. Of course, there's always times where, like, you need to be off book by a certain point. And, like, Absolutely. you're going to do your best best work, like, when you at least have, like, words memorized and things. Um, but as far as, like, but up until that time, like, 
it's it's a rehearsal space and there's a reason that you're it, you're not in a final product situation and i think um yes. that people need to remember that yeah um the end <laughs> <laughs> um how do you deal with rejection which of course as we all know is a very big part of the industry that we're in um and you know everyone deals with rejection differently some people and I'm amazed at people who just they, they, they just brush it off and they move right on you know I know there are mm -hmm. some people who it does take a a while for them to and of course it gets easier because you get rejected more than you do get the job and so it does become easier but what what do you, how do you deal with with the rejection um I I would say I'm usually pretty good with it um mm -hmm. I, like I told you before, I had a tough time in college mm -hmm. um, that kind of forced me to grow a pretty thick skin. Like I never, I never try, at least I, I don't think I ever walk into an audition expecting anything out of it. It's yeah. more, it's more when I, number one, if it's a project I really want to do, then, yeah. um, I, I can get a little emotionally invested, mm -hmm. um, but it it hits me hard the most when I feel like I went in and I did a really good job, yeah. and to not hear, it, if I go in and it's not my best or mediocre, I'm like, whatever, that's not happening, goodbye, yeah. Yeah. no big deal, um, but it, yeah, it's when like I go in and I feel like I killed it, that's when... I overthink it and everything. So in those cases, mm. I just, I just do my best to keep moving forward. You know, it's, I go on Playbill and I look, I look at the auditions. I see what's going on. Um, I look for classes and just at the end of the day, like you just have to keep going. I yes. think everybody says that. So I, I just try to do that. Like I just try to move forward like what's next what yeah what can I improve on if anything well always improving but like from specific auditions like if I think I need to do something better then I I know that for next time and stuff yeah. so I would say that also um, lots of ice cream yeah yes <laughs> um <laughs> I had I had a a previous guest um I don't know if you know because she was also with Disney Lizzie Lizzie Pokari and I know the name for sure. Oh, okay. And um, and Lizzie was Lizzie keeps what she calls audition journals, and in the mm -hmm. journal she will write, you know, who she auditioned for, what material she sang, and what she wore. And then I guess she also talks about in her journal about the experience. And so she knows, you know, she can always reflect and say you know, maybe not try not to do that because she knows I didn't get that mm -hmm. job. Let me see what was different from that day to the day when I did get the job. Mm -hmm. I do have one of those as well. I do the exact same thing. And um, I guess because I haven't used it in over a year now, <laughs> I forgot about it. But no, I do I just, have the exact same thing. I think it's so cool. And I was telling her that it's definitely something that I will start doing because I think it's just it's just nice to kind of because I think once you've written it, and then it's it's almost like it's done. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I do I do hear you, and I I myself do this thing where I over overthink everything and I overanalyze it, 
and what could I have done maybe if I did this and said that or stood like this you know and it's the little things that we, we tend to like nitpick at the end absolutely it's like what what little thing could I possibly have said maybe that yes turn like made them not like it or what choices you know it, it could be a million things it could literally be the dress that you wore that day so and, and at the end of the day we just like we can't think about it too much yeah and also sometimes it's just not even you at all it's just that you're not right for what they were looking for and it's got nothing to do exactly. with your ability or your lack thereof or anything like that it's mm -hmm. just for that particular project you are not what they were looking for Exactly. And that's like, you just have to be okay with that. And yeah. um, it's hard to see sometimes like, you know, we all wish that we could read the, the think bubbles above uh, of casting and director's heads, but of course, we're never going to get that luxury. So all we can do is just say, you know what, I wasn't right for it. Mm -hmm. On to the next. Yeah. Um, what for you has been the best audition advice that you've ever received? Like specific audition advice or career? Well, career e either like, or, it's either or. What's, what's been the best, yeah, the best advice that you've received pertaining to this career that we have? <laughs> I mean, I always think of I don't think it, I, I want to say quote, but it's definitely not, I'm not about to like quote something to you. <laughs> it's um, the fact that it's called a play. So we need to go in and play. Yes. And to just like, you know, and off of that, like just to have fun, mm -hmm. you know, you get to be somebody else, whether it is in a show or an audition, like yes. between anywhere between, two minutes and two and a half hours like yes. you get to be somebody else so why not have fun with it um and as far as like career wise it's something I very much hold on to you know I think like I I just turned 30 this year and mm -hmm. I think when 22 year old me moved here yeah she didn't think I, I mean a year ago, none of us thought we would be right where we are at this moment. Yeah. But I don't think she thought that anything, I guess I thought if I wasn't already on Broadway by the age of 30, mm -hmm. that, that I, I shouldn't say on Broadway because definitely trying to get the fact that Broadway is the pinnacle of our industry out of my brain. Yeah. Um, and out of everyone's brains. <sighs> uh, but I think 22-year-old Emily didn't think that she wouldn't be well on her way when she uh, turned 30 years mm -hmm. old, still living in New York City and still pursuing this career. Yeah. Um, like, if I wasn't consistently working, I, I would have things on the horizon. I would, I would see where things were going. Yes. And the best advice, and in this moment, knowing that that's not where I am, and knowing that it might be a while before I'm able to feel like I'm moving towards my goals. Yeah. I always hold on to these people who have worked in this industry for years and years and years saying to just, just keep going. Yeah. Just 
keep like yes I I will never blame anybody for wanting to do a different career like this <laughs> it's hard yeah, it's, it's so I, so hard it's so, to do this yes and so anybody who decides that they want to do something else absolutely mm-hmm. but I think we can all achieve our goals if we just like keep going. So I may not be where I want to be until I'm maybe 35, maybe 40, but Mm -hmm. I think I would, I would be sad if I didn't at least keep going and try to see if I can get there. Yeah. I, I agree with you 300%. I've had, so, because uh, you know, I am, I myself am not where I, where I want to be or where I thought I would be when I graduated from college. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, there's been so many, uh, people in my, in my space who have hinted and, you know, some outright say that, you know, you need to think of another career, you know, you need to, mm-hmm. um, and I, I cannot, I cannot even begin to process doing anything other than what I'm doing. It, you're right. It, mm-hmm. it is hard. Of course it's hard, but I knew it was going to be hard going in. Um, exactly. And, you know, this, I'm prepared to make, you know, I think we are all prepared to make the sacrifices that we have made and that we will make in order to achieve mm-hmm. the goals that we that we have. And I, I love that you said, you know, just to keep going um, because I so believe that as well. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think if there's ever been a theme in my life, it mm-hmm. has been that things in this career have just taken me a little bit longer. I mean, starting back in high school, I auditioned for the uh, select choir at mm-hmm. my high school and I didn't get in like the first time, like... <laughs> And yeah. I, like, I was already, I'd been in the shows, like, people knew I was a singer. Like, you, the principal went to the choral director and was like, what the heck, dude? <laughs> and I don't know that he had a rhyme or reason as to why I didn't make it, but then it took me three times to audition for the BFA program I eventually graduated from. Yeah. And took me six times to audition for Disney, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just been a theme, and I was like, if I... Uh, <laughs> you know what, like, I have to wait and see if, if this theme works out right to where I want it to go. Yeah. So yeah, I am. Um, I also, I also very firmly believe that whatever is meant for you will find you when it is, it's time to find you. So, you know, that, that first, that first Disney audition that you did, when you didn't get it, um, what you did do instead of doing that contract that instead of those nine months, you would have been on board, whatever you did do in the city, I'm sure you would not have changed that experience for anything because there was a lesson there. There was growth there. Absolutely. And I, it's funny cause I actually, I end up, um, I look at those specific things yeah. and I end up uh, referring it back to being with Josh because you know, if I had booked that first audition, yeah, I would have gone on the wonder a year earlier than I did. And he and I actually not met, but like first came into each other's presence. Yeah. 
when I was rehearsing for the wonder, he was rehearsing for the magic. And we didn't know who each other was, but you know, like it's yeah. something we refer back to sometimes. Um, and if I hadn't done that contract, then would I have, it would it have worked out or would I have wanted to come back so that I kept auditioning and yeah. um, ended up being able to go on the dream, which is where he and I officially met and got together. Yeah. You know, so it's like if all these other auditions that I went on mm -hmm. had worked out, I wouldn't be with who's now my husband, yeah. you know, and, and at the, in the grand scheme of things, he's the most important person and thing to me. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad those things didn't work out and I'm glad it obviously something else was meant for me. Yeah. And I, I love, man, I love stories like that. They just, I can't tell you how much I love it when people are like, do you know, and if I hadn't done, if I had done that, I would never have met this person who influenced my life in such and such a way. I love, mm -hmm. love stuff like that. Um, yeah. It takes me everything not to like cry thinking about it, but I'm it's not so going to cry. Right <laughs> it's, it's so beautiful. Um, I also love that you were said that in the audition, that it's, it's so important to remember that, you know, it, to that we are playing, that we are having fun. Yes. Um, I had a, mm -hmm. a, a previous guest say um, she, for her, Go, she always thinks like going into audition is like I'm gonna put on a show even if you only see me for mm -hmm. five minutes I'm gonna give you five minutes worth of the show because I am gonna be your only focus for that five minutes and I'm gonna give you absolutely yes so I, I yeah that's that. all we can do just like right. go in and I think there's so many people who and, you know, we're all just trying to make it, but I think there are definitely people who just, it, they take it so seriously. Mm -hmm. It's like, girl, at the end of the day, we are, we are playing a part. Yes. We are literally being somebody else. So you may as well have fun with it. Yeah. Um, uh, there was something else. Oh, I have another guest who said that she likes to think of an audition as, like a free work, like a free dance class or a free workshop that you oh, get to yeah. do. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, how many times do we pay for those things and to exactly. be able to just go in and, yeah, I think yeah. it's great. And I, I think, um, especially with dancing, like mm -hmm. I'm not a dancer. Yeah, um, same. So I don't, there's sometimes the only times I dance is in dance calls. I'm not exactly seeking out classes at BBC, even though I should be good and say that yeah. <laughs> might be something I should do. Um, but I, you know, when I go to a dance call, like that's my chance to learn from somebody else, somebody who's like in yeah. the business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So that's all the, I like to end the, um, the conversation by asking the guests two fun questions. I call it the fun round. Yeah. Because, um, you know, we've spoken a lot about um, some uh, yeah, serious things because, you know, the, 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 these are these are our yeah. lives and our jobs. So, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here's our fun round. Okay. The first question is, who, in your opinion, and this can, I mean, you can pick the theater, you can pick a film, you can pick television. Mm -hmm. um, who, in your opinion, was so perfectly cast in a role that if they revived the show, 
you know, every year for the next 25 years, if they remade the movie, if they reboot the TV show, that other person would never come close to this one person in that role. I would have to say, and I, I might get slapped for this, <laughs> but I might not because she is perfect in this role. But there have been so many iconic women who have played this role. Um, Patty Lapone in Gypsy mm-hmm. was, I mean, she, I, I, I'm also biased. Like this is the, it was the first show that I um, rushed. I did the first student rush show I ever yeah. did with my friends in college. It uh-huh. was that front row. And it was, it was like a total experience. Yes. But watching Patty Lapone play Mama Rose was, I, I, I couldn't even begin to describe it to you. She, I mean, she's just a brilliant actress. Yes. Number one, but she was so that role. And I would think anybody who would describe that role to you, uh-huh. it would, she encapsulated every single, everything. Yeah. She was so brilliant. And I think, yeah, I think she could play that role for the rest of her life and nobody would be upset about it. <laughs> At least I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be either. Um, you're the second person to say Patty Lapone in Gypsy. Oh, really? Yes. Lizzie, she must have been Lizzie, good. Lizzie said, <laughs> no, she was, she was fantastic. Um, Lizzie, Lizzie said the same thing. Uh, Patty Lapone in Gypsy. Go. So ma'am, I will take it. Yeah. Um, okay, the second question for you is if you could play and this is for the theater and this could be a musical or a play Mm -hmm. if you could play any role male or female what would it be uh alphabet and wicked that's i am making a point of just putting it into the universe (laughs) i think that is that is there for me and you gotta uh, put it out there now you gotta put it out there and um yeah i think i think i would kill it i think I, yeah, I just think I would be great. <laughs> so. I love that. That's all I can say about it. You know? I love that. Emily, thank you. And I look you. good in green. Yeah. <laughs> thank green you is, so much, Karen. Green is in your amazing. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for joining me today. Before we go, please tell all the listeners how we can keep up to date with everything that's going on with you. Give us your social media handles. How can we... You know, make sure that we are there when you are playing Alpha Bay and Wicked. We want to keep up to date with everything that's going on with you. Thank you. Yeah, um, you. I'm very uh, Instagram savvy. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you are. <laughs> meaning that, that's where I spend most of my time. Um, I mean, just in general, I guess. But uh, my handle is at Emler, which is spelled E-M-L-U-R-R-R just supposed to be a funny way of saying Emily Emler yes it's like Um, those Irma Gerd memes (laughs) Irma Gerd Emler yep um and I also am a photographer as my side hustle Mm -hmm. slash multi-hyphenate life yes Um, we love multi-hyphenate my yes uh and that handle is croftography so it's my last name croft and then the end of photography so croftography Mm -hmm. um yeah, and I actually have a special going on right now. It's my spring sale, uh, $50 for a, a three-look shoot, indoors or outdoors. So if you want to hit me up for that, that's also 
great. Um, I would definitely take her up on the offer. I've seen her photographs and they are beautiful. beautiful. Thank you. And, and then then someday when you're back in New York, we will, we will play. Yes, I'm ready. I am ready for my close-up. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. You are also on TikTok. I know you're new to TikTok, but your TikTok videos have made me giggle. I I love, I just love them. So is your Karen, TikTok- let me tell you, <laughs> I am I am not for the TikTok. Uh, I never ever want to go viral again. You know why? Because I went viral last night. Uh, I, I posted a video and it has 305.9 thousand views. This is the most annoying thing I've ever had to deal with, I think. Like, <laughs> just the comments are hysterical and I don't know. I, I don't know how people do it constantly. Like no, I don't know either. I had to I don't take know. the app off my phone because... <laughs> I was oh, spending yeah. all my time being like, oh, I want to recreate that. Oh, I can do that. And I had to mm-hmm, take it off my phone mm-hmm. because it was getting out of hand. And, you know, I was just so mad because I was like, I, I post all these videos of myself singing and I they get you. like a few views, a few mm-hmm. likes. And then I post this dumb video of myself writing forwards and backwards at the same time mm-hmm. and it blow I was so mad Karen I uh, no I had the same <laughs> thing my sister and I we, we were like recreating um scenes from Shit's Creek and they get like 200 views and then I did this ridiculous thing and I swear the videos all of like two minutes and it's like how you like drink wine with your in-laws and how you drink wine with your mm-hmm. own family ridiculous <laughs> ridiculous the amount of views that, that video has gotten out of control <laughs> I don't get it I'm, I guess I'm not for the influencer life, but that's no, fine it's, with me. Yeah, it's not for me either. Um, but to our listeners, thank you no. for um, for listening to this episode. I hope that Emily has inspired you and entertained you. She certainly entertained and inspired me today. Um, you can keep up to date with the podcast. We're on I Instagram. hope I did. We'll you see. did. You did. Um, you can keep up to date with the podcast. Okay. We're on Instagram at Hope I Get It Pod. I'm on Instagram at Taryn Stain, Taryn with two R's. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, once again, this episode was sponsored by Mighty Insky Letters. So if you all go check out um, the website, um, Christina does create the most beautiful um, things. Like I said, ornaments and candles and mugs and bags. And she just creates the most amazing things. Um, Thank you for joining us and I hope that you'll join us next week for another episode of I Hope I Get It, the podcast.